0: Yeah. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader, Weekly Glass. The Suns enter a new season with a scarlet letter, with the stigma and the shame of one of the ugliest playoff collapses the NBA has ever seen. They lost by 27 points in Game 6, and they were trailing by 30 points at halftime of Game 7. To date, they've given us no real explanations and very little remorse for what happened to them and to us, which means they are going to let their play do the talking. Which means the real revenge tour begins tonight. And remember this while everybody played a role in that downfall, no one has been mocked more often than Devin Booker. After Game 5, he was set to be a real round ball hero. There was the endearing fist bump of a baby and the vicious clowning of Luca. Instead, there's now a famous meme of Luca laughing last, grinning at a beaten Booker. There's a viral collection of Booker grimacing from non existent contact, desperately hunting for fouls, trying to fool the officials. Now we all know Booker's a top 10 player and we all love him and he's now on the cover of a video game but he must atone for going stone cold in those final two games when NBA superstars are supposed to lift their teams no excuses, no exceptions. Now in a few weeks, this season debut against Dallas won't mean a whole lot, but tonight it means everything. It means a chance at vengeance and boy, this fan base could use a hefty plate of horse flesh metaphorically speaking of course all right today's bickley blast brought to you by my great friends at chapman bmw who make luxury affordable with two great locations and one great experience find them online at chapmanbmw.com. no,
1: no i think uh we kind of had that feeling when we played milwaukee here first time we played milwaukee last year remember it was like a little vindication Um, But it's added fuel to the fire. As competitors, man, we do everything to get fuel to the fire. Um, And and, and that provides us plenty. That is Cam Johnson. Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Talking yesterday. He was asked, is there any way to view opening night against the Mavs as not a revenge game? He says no. Mikel Bridges. His partner in crime says mm-hmm. this is not a revenge game. No, I'd rather, I'd rather win a series than win the first game of the season. So. I, ain't, I ain't too much revenge off being 0-1 and 1-0. So.
2: I feel like if they lost, I feel like they would rather have that series than win the first
0: game. The it's one of those things. It's a personal preference. You, you, well, you can't come out and call it that beforehand because if you lose, you have nowhere to go. Mm. So I, I, would, I would be shocked if the Suns didn't internally believe, okay, let's hammer this team. Remember heading into the playoffs, Devin Booker called it the revenge tour? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and Cam Dion?
3: Johnson did say, yeah, we'll we'll use anything to kind of build that fire. But Mikkel Bridges... <laughs> is well, I'm you
1: know, that sorry, social, that social media video that said this is a revenge tour. Remember that? Right. A couple
3: weeks ago. Yeah, M- Mikkel's point of, uh, you know, we'd rather have the series. Yes. Of course you'd rather no, have the God. series. You can't go Listen, back and, and right. do that. What you're,
0: what you're hearing are basketball players who have been told by their coaches, don't make a big deal. No bulletin board material. Yeah, no bull- d- keep it to yourself. Let's let our play do the talking. Just button it up. There's nothing good that comes in getting in a... A verbal spat before this game starts now you are sure that monty did talk to them and tell them that <laughs> no. the,
3: the mixed, mixed reporting that he even said
0: hey uh, i'm i'm fast fascin- i'm fascinated because it, the goofiness of this basketball team it, it's not existent anymore it's it's going to be different and i'm here for that you you know what i i really want from this basketball day i want the days of the foul hunting and the floppy i want that gone i want that out of the program whether I Good get that, luck. yeah. Whether I get that or not, is it remains to be seen. But I mean no, Jay Crowder? I, I am not. I am not against this idea that the Suns are not being viewed as the heavyweight. I think they're better like this. I, you know, when they're that, when they're the team that's ten miles ahead of everybody in the Western Conference, it, this team gets a little full of themselves. Yeah,
1: they're not great in the spotlight. No, under the radar. Good, two years
0: ago, real good. That was good. Yeah, that was good. They were so, the number two yes. seed. That's yep. a comfortable place to be. Yes. So to me, I'm I'm here for this. I, I really am. I'm, I'm I'm beyond excited about the start of the season uh, because this is. I mean, we are picking up where this story left off tonight. Absolutely. And where it left off was ugly.
1: And on May 15th, the Mavs absolutely embarrassed the Suns on their home floor. Monty (laughs) Williams talked about that yesterday. Starting the season against a team that ended your season
4: last year. I don't
2: want to overthink it too much. Um, We've always relied on on our concepts as a foundation, and then we'll make adjustments as we go along. Now, they're they're a team that eliminated us, so there's a, a level of emotion that goes with that that you have to contend with internally and as a team, but we, we we have a foundational plan, but we also have adjustments that we can, you know, drip in along the way, I think that's how we, you know, try to approach it, obviously, great players and great teams make you do it a bit earlier, um, but we also want to make sure we recognize that we're a good team, and uh <laughs> even though they beat us it was a game step those can go either way we just didn't play well and and the league is you know right out the gate They're, they're really funny that way how they create you know
1: uh, that's all else. Yeah, say. We, talk, we talked about that. There's no no accident here. <laughs> mm-hmm. No accident at all. A no. nationally televised game on opening night from downtown yeah. Phoenix with those two teams. They, well, they, they're loving this. Listen,
0: and and the Luka versus Booker thing, this isn't, I mean, you can dial it down as they did in the blast, too, to individual matchups. They, this was being ta- talked about as the next great individual rivalry in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So this is a continuation of that. You know Devin Booker. You know how cutthroat he is. You, you, you know that he's probably burning for this. Oh yeah, yeah. This, this is going to be a fascinating response. Look, a this lot
1: is, of people are pinpointing Luca to win the MVP. Mm-hmm. Devin
0: Booker finished fourth in the MVP voting last year. Nobody's picking Devin Booker to win MVP. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Which and, again might be a and, good thing. And, and 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 I think the table is definitely set for him to win the MVP. I really do.
1: Step one tonight.
2: The Primetime Giveaway from Arizona Arizona Sports. Sports.
1: Oh, it is time for our final Primetime Giveaway Qualifier. We are looking for Ryan Warner from Casa Grande. You've got 10 minutes, Ryan, to give us a call at 602. 260-9870. Claim your tickets for the Suns' home opener tonight and Thursday night football tomorrow. If that doesn't happen, if Ryan does not call within 10 minutes, we'll open up the phone lines to someone else. If you didn't hear your name, you can still win by texting primetime to 620-620 and then listen during Wolf and Luke. They'll call out another name. Once again, starting the clock on you, Ryan Warner from Casa Grande. You've got 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870. As we wrap up our portion of the Prime. Time, time giveaway coming up next we don't know who the kicker will be for the Arizona Cardinals tomorrow we do know it won't be Matt Amendola will that be enough we'll get into that and more next Pickley and Murata mornings 98 7 FM Arizona Sports Station
0: <laughs> Arizona Sports the local sports leader
1: Bickley and Murata mornings Right, the clock is still running on uh, Ryan Warner from Casa Grande. You say Casa Grande or Casa Grande?
0: I say Casa Grande. Good. I think it's more poetic. It's We've had some close
3: calls. We had a Ryan Walker and we had a Jesse Warner. But we're looking for- Shut up,
4: Jesse.
1: And we had a Ryan Warner from <laughs> Casa Pequeño.
3: No, but we're looking for Ryan Warner. Come on, Ryan come Warner. On. from this is Casa great, Grande. Gr- We've got
1: like four minutes left to give us a call, 260 9870 to claim your prime time package, which is. Tickets tonight, tickets tomorrow night, and maybe a Devin Booker or a DeAndre Hopkins jersey. Um, Look, we still, you know, one day away from Thursday Night Football, Bic. Mm -hmm. Cardinals still don't know who their kicker's going to be. They're equipped for it, I guess. If Matt Prater can go, he's the guy. Yeah. They did sign Rodrigo Blankenship, a guy who they brought in part of the tryouts. He got beat out by Matt Amendola. Amendola last two games, he gets cut. So we know it won't be Matt Amendola. But I'm very curious to see if Prater's not ready to go, Mm -hmm. and they do rely on Blankenship, Uh if that mentality that we saw Sunday... Continues to exist, and Ooh. that is, we got to go for it on yeah. fourth down, as opposed to kicking what should be chip shot field goals for an I, NFL I kicker. I don't
0: think they will. I think that I, I think that bringing in a new kicker is kind of a, it's kind of hit reset. and And even though Rodrigo Blankenship was having his own issues, and maybe no better than Matt Amendola to me, that is a move you got to make. You you just can't go back to the same guy who is missing kicks because that's just that's a, that's a dereliction. A duty. So at the very least, the Cardinals can say, hey, we did We did our due diligence. We brought in a new guy. We addressed the issue. We thought we had the right guy the first time. But you know what? These kickers are all goofy. They're just I kickers. Too, and I'm not not, all, Jay Feely's not
1: goofy. I'm not saying the Cardinals erred in this, but... If you watched Monday night football and Dustin Hopkins kicked four field goals with one leg. He's he's gone gone for two to four <laughs> weeks now <laughs> right with a hamstring uh-huh. issue. They had a kicker stashed away on their practice squad already for I I mean is it worth filling up a practice squad roster spot on a kicker? There's been so much manipulation of the, and again I don't know the answer to that maybe mm-hmm. it's not worth it because you know, how much do kickers need to practice with a team mm-hmm. for them to be effective? You can go kick at the park and yeah. have the same
0: I, I mean, the, the yeah. same results. Yeah, right.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Dustin
3: I mean, Hopkins, also great in Tootsie.
0: <laughs> no, that's oh, Dustin, Dustin Hopkins. Huff- Come on, Jared. <laughs> Shut up, Jared. You Shut know that's up, one of Jared. my favorite
1: movies of all time? Is it really? Really? Oh, I love that movie. Do you like when people call it Tootsie? <laughs> I've, Who never calls heard, it tootsie? I've never heard Tootsie. Never heard that. No, nope,
0: I've never heard heard
1: that. <laughs> it's kind of fun to do. It's fun to do. Yeah, that's tootsie. one of <laughs> one of Jarrett's hobbies. Just run just around calling in the it mirror. Tootsie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the other big story to uh, yesterday was uh the return of DeAndre Hopkins. He'll be out on the field for the first time in quite some time after serving the six game suspension. Kyler Murray asked, Hey, what was it like uh to have D Hop back out there? Be
2: good. Be great. Yeah. Just uh having him out there today, you can tell his energy. Um Man, he's uh it, it seems like every time you see him, you know, out on the field it's like there's a reason why he's you know he's the best you know and um i'm I'm excited for him uh excited to be able to throw him the ball again you know what I'm saying never took that for granted but um man, I'm just happy for him uh you know team team is
0: definitely you know appreciative of having him back so I'll tell you this much uh, shortly after DeAndre Hopkins came to Arizona, I was at a practice and it, it just hit the swag that he just carries. Even when he's walking across the field, he's going to he's really definitely going to help the presence of that offense. So uh, so I'm looking forward to that. W- w- is he going to be great tonight? That would be something. I mean, I'm, I'm not banking on it. It's kind of hard to not play football in 15 months and just come and dominate. Yeah, especially when you've been away
1: from the team. What a strange feeling. It's one thing to be sidelined with an injury, but to be out and removed from the team for the most part. And I know there was a couple of instances where he was able to visit the team facility, mm-hmm. but you know only during certain. It was like visiting hours at a hospital. It's right. weird. I right. guess
3: that is the, the bright spot, though, is it's not coming back from an injury.
0: Yeah. So, that's, yeah, that's true. It's not that like you have to
3: sort of like it,
0: to deal real, with mental. Right. Yeah, and, right. I don't yeah, know if no, I'm going to test it, my
3: knee or something like that.
0: It, what's interesting? We were sent this um, recently this morning. There's a list according to Next Gen Stats, the number one wide receiver in the NFL in terms of separation from defender. Greg, what a door! What a door! Number a dort. one. I think we need to get him back on the playing no, field.
3: I also, he's, he's so separate. He's hes on the sideline. That's at least 5, <laughs> 10 yards from any re- <laughs> defender. He's standing next to Tootsie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Shut up, Tootsie. Shut up, Tootsie. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think that's a little bit of a misleading stat. Greg Dortch is used a certain way, was used a certain way. Rondale wow. Moore is number five on that list. We know how Rondale Moore is used. There's separation there because nobody's covering a receiver <laughs> five yards behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, for,
1: you're, you're legally not allowed to go past the... Uh, yeah, you can't do that, that until the ball the is ball, straight, yeah. so. That's funny. Um, that's funny. But speaking of Greg Dortch, man, the, the snap count and what he's played... Yeah. It has disappeared in the last, uh, in the last two games. He went from 44 snaps to 45 to 54, 17, two and four on offense
0: the last two weeks. Six offensive snaps. I, I can't figure out why. Is he in some sort of doghouse? I mean, how would you take a player that was the breakout performer of training camp, then backs it up early in the season with production? It lines up with the return of Rondell Moore. And, and, yeah, and the AJ
4: way, the yeah, way well, we
1: used to talk about Cliff Kingsbury's inability to shuttle in running backs, apparently, and it's not all on Cliff. It's Kyler spreading the ball out too. Although it's hard to catch a ball when you're not on the field, Greg Dorch, I get it. But in getting different guys involved and, and if you're gonna have five receivers dress on a on a Sunday or a Thursday in this instance, why not use all five? I'm I'm real curious to see what that workload, the number of targets DeAndre Hopkins, how much they try to force it to him or if the Saints are just game-planning immediately to take him out. The, yeah. If the Saints have had just as much time to prepare for DeAndre Hopkins, at least mentally, hey, he's coming back in Week 7, we can go back and watch that film, yeah. they're going to have a plan to attack him. And how do the Cardinals bounce off of that?
0: Yeah, this is it's fascinating to me because I don't know what is the state of the Saints' offense these days, but I do know that Alvin Kamara is a load of a running back. In fact, this is going to be the best running back they've played so far this season, right? Um. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm
1: Christian. They played Christian Josh McCaffrey. Ja- yeah. Josh Jacobs, is, Josh having Jacobs is having a great year. Jacobs
0: having a great mean, year, but Christian Alvin McCaffrey Kamara is great. I mean, he's great. He will run through you. Yeah, and
1: and a lot of the same things that McCaffrey does, Kamara does, but you know, with the physical aspect to it as well. Yeah, yeah. Olave is going
3: to be back. The Ola- receiver. Okay, so Olave's and back. Is Michael Thomas going to be back? No, I don't okay. think so. All right. Man, that guy is eternally. Never I know. Yeah. He finally like came back, and he was looking pretty good the first couple of games. But the last three years, he mm-hmm. just can't stay on the field. Yeah. So well, uh, he I caught two hundred
1: and ninety passes that
0: way. I know. Year. I,
3: thought, I just, that was
0: it. Don't even know who's quarterbacking for the Saints, which is funny. I, and, and, and neither Archie one Archie Manning. You can't, <laughs> no, you can't. stay <laughs> Stabler. Bobby, Bobby. Bobby Herbert. <laughs>
1: Urban, <laughs> Urban,
3: Bobby, Bobby Urbit.
0: Erbit. thats what it is. <laughs> Billy Joe Tolliver, yeah,
3: the the current Saints quarterback. You can't even narrow it down to two on who's going to be the quarterback no, this true. week.
0: But neither one of them should scare you a whole lot. I'm I'm really excited uh, for from a defensive standpoint. Okay, we're coming off a game that was Zayvon Collins' best game as a pro. We're coming off a game where Cam Thomas and my Jay Sanders actually made plays. Uh, and so, um, is that going to continue? If that's going to continue, that kind of makes you feel a little bit better about where this thing is going. Yeah. That, the level that the defense is playing at, but I, I don't know if that's is that going to sustain. We're gonna we're gonna find out. Ryan Warner called in right under
1: the gun. Did he? Got in, claimed his ticket. So that's good news for Ryan. Bad news for everybody who's flooding the phone lines right now trying to. Trying to steal Ryan's tickets. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so you can hang up now. But we are going <laughs> primetime this week because we're giving you the chance to win tickets to both the Suns' home opener tonight, Thursday night football tomorrow. Just text primetime. We have two more winners before this is all over. So definitely text it to 620-620. Uh, listen for your name. Uh, Once with Wolf and Luke, once with Burns and Gambo. Plus one lucky winner each day will win their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or DeAndre Hopkins jersey. Once again, that's prime time to 620-620. What better way to celebrate the opening of the NBA season with the Suns than to talk to their legendary voice, Nice, Al McCoy. will do it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. (laughs) Suzanne, CP3 for
3: three. Al about the Suns. Hall of Famer Suns broadcaster Al McCoy
4: calls in to talk Suns with Bickley and Marat. Suns win. The Suns win. Al about the Suns. Oh yeah it's officially
1: basketball season when we get to talk to the legendary voice of the Suns starting year 51 behind the microphone for the Suns tonight. Al McCoy joins us here on Arizona Sports.
4: Good morning Al how are you? Well, good morning, guys, and uh, great to be back with you. As we all know, there's always something extra special about opening night.
0: Especially when it comes against that Luca fellow there, (laughs) Al.
4: (laughs) Well, no question about it. You got a guy wearing a Dallas uniform that's been all NBA first team the last three seasons, and Luke is the man. No question about it for Dallas.
1: I'm curious to see, and we we had a little fun with it earlier today. Al Cam Johnson said yesterday, "There's no way not to consider this a revenge game." Mikkel Bridges said, "Hey, this is not a revenge game." I'm real curious to see what this looks like because uh, you know the last time we saw these two teams get together in May. It was an embarrassment. There's no other way to say it for the Suns.
4: Well, no question about it. Uh, I think we can agree that uh, Coach Jason Kidd had the Suns uh, figured out pretty well, and they took advantage of it in that playoff series. And uh, I'm a little concerned going into this one tonight because uh, most of the things that the Suns wanted to accomplish with these preseason games they just weren't able to do. Uh, obviously, they wanted to get Cam Johnson playing time. They couldn't because he had the injuries. They wanted to get the backup guard situation uh, completed. They couldn't due to injury. So uh, uh, it's a little concerned going into this one tonight. I think. Now, yeah. Yeah. On the side of the coin, Dallas had only three preseason games. That's fewer than any team in the NBA. So I think uh, Jason Kidd must be pretty confident. That his team's ready to go right now.
0: Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, and, and I share some of your concerns. It's been a weird off season for this basketball team. It, it, there doesn't seem there seems to be some holes on this roster. What are what do you think about just the general prognosis? And on the flip side, I, I'm not sure that kind of having an underdog feel isn't going to be a good thing for this team because as favorites, sometimes they get a little bit wayward. Your thoughts on just where this thing is going?
4: Well, I have to tell you this, and this is no surprise, uh, having uh, heard all of the predictions from the so-called experts over the last week about who's going to be coming out of the West, uh, the Suns aren't even mentioned. The Suns don't even get a mention from anybody. It's uh, the Warriors, it's the Clippers, it's Denver, it's Memphis. And uh, no surprise, the Suns are just not getting, I don't think, very much recognition, even though with the, uh, the records they've had the last two years. Uh, So they've got some things to prove, no question about it, and I guess that's nothing new, nothing new.
1: Al McCoy, the legendary voice of the Phoenix Suns, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports. Uh, I want to start with the Suns' best player, and we've spent a lot of time over the years, Al, talking with you about the continued development of Devin Booker, who it's really strange to say this out loud. He's starting his eighth year in the league already tonight, and I think we've seen this progression, Al, Of Seven straight years where Devin Booker has continued to improve as an overall basketball player. I think the next step is, you know, I think he's a legitimate MVP candidate. And I think that can happen this year. Do you agree?
4: Well, I, I certainly do, and it's interesting. Eight years, it just doesn't seem possible when this youngster came in and put on a, a son's uniform. And the great thing about him, as you mentioned, he just continues to improve his game every year. Now, again, we know we have that fabulous four with E and CP3 and DA and Bridges, but uh, that number five spot, Cam Johnson, still has to fulfill that. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I said... Uh, They certainly need more input from the bench, particularly in the backup guard position. And as I said, unfortunately, because due to all the injuries, uh, they aren't going to have that tonight. And I don't think Shaman is even going to play tonight. So uh, they have some things that they have to answer. As I said, they've got that fabulous four, but they need the five and they need the six, seven and eight also.
0: It's going to be interesting tonight to see DeAndre Ayton going up against JaVale McGee, former teammates from last year, obviously. But there's also a belief that this has got to be the year that D.A. brings his game up. He's gotten paid and maybe the Suns need to feature him a little more offensively. What do you think this year is going to bring D.A.?
4: I think it's going to be great. And, of course, as you both know, I'm a DeAndre Ayton guy. I mean, here's, here's an individual player that averaged a double-double in every game all season long without ever having a play even run for him. So to say he doesn't do his job, I don't go along with. And I, I look for D.A. really to have a big year. I look for them to utilize him more offensively which I think could be the biggest plus that this team has this season.
1: Al McCoy, the voice of the Suns, our guest here on Arizona Sports. Uh, Bick mentioned JaVale McGee. He switched uniforms. He got the three-year deal from from Dallas. And I don't want to diminish what JaVale brought in his year with the Suns. I think he was an important ingredient for what they needed to accomplish. But uh, when you look at the replacements and what we saw in the preseason from Jock Landale, a guy who spent time with the Spurs last year, I was very impressed, And I think, Al, Jock Landale gives the Suns more options offensively when he's on the floor. And I think he's going to make Suns fans forget about JaVale McGee pretty quickly. Do you agree?
4: Oh, oh I'm, I would agree. As a matter of fact, I even go back to uh, the San Antonio games last year uh, that I was very impressed with the way he played against the Suns in the Spurs uniform. And uh, he has a lot more options than most big men. He can shoot with either hand. Uh, he can get around uh, the hoop. He's great as a post-to-player. He can hit the outside shots. But it's going to be a challenge for him now when they start to count. But I agree. That he has been a, a big pickup
0: one thing I, I also think is interesting. a lot has been made about Monty Williams and d a and and not talking during the off season. It seems that maybe maybe Monty's taken a, a a harder core approach with this team, and I'm not sure that's not necessarily a bad thing. What do you think about about the issues facing the head coach in, in, in trying to get this team back to the level they've been at?
4: Well, I think it's going to be a challenge uh, for Monty also, as it is for any coach uh, in the NBA. You know, he lost uh, some some of his top assistants, and that certainly cost him in the New Orleans uh, playoff series, no question about it. Uh, But he has a great staff. Uh, The additions he's made certainly appear to be positive. But uh, uh, particularly for coaches in any professional sports, Every season is a challenge and it's going to be a challenge for coach Monty Williams obviously. Now we all remember last year the Suns really sputtered in their first four games and then went on a big run. Mm-hmm. So uh we'll see we'll see what happens tonight in the opener. I'm very very anxious to see this team on the floor. Now we have to look at the positive things as I keep talking about the fabulous four. Now, that uh, foursome is pretty Pretty dramatic to match up against any team in the NBA. And as you mentioned, I think the subtle changes that we'll see uh, with maybe Mikel Bridges and Devin Booker handling the ball a little bit more, bringing the ball up out of backcourt, taking a little bit of that responsibility away from Chris Paul. So I'm kind of anxious to see how those things fall in place.
1: Al McCoy, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata mornings, but we're back to the grind. Al, the the regular <laughs> yeah, season right. is here. Uh, the the off season is over. Did do anything? F- I mean, we, we last time we talked to you, you were celebrating being the grand marshal of the Fiesta Ball parade. But what else did you do in the off season?
4: Well, I can't talk about it.
1: <laughs> I got you. A man's got to have his secrets. We got you, Al.
4: Hey, listen. Opening night is special. It's going to be fantastic at the Footprint Center, and uh, to our fans, if they can't be there in person, turn the radio up loud, and I'll give them the whole story. Ah. <laughs> Sounds great. You're the greatest.
1: See you down there tonight, Al. <laughs> Thank you so much, Al McCoy, the legendary okay. voice of the Suns, joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Fifty-one years, the legend. I'm like in my
0: position. I'll I'm going into. E- I'm going
1: into year seven. Yeah, he's got forty-four on me. That's
3: yeah,
0: just crazy. you're not going to get to fifty-one. I'm just gonna. I, take, I'm gonna take a wild <laughs> guess on that. Uh, that's a safe bet. And listen, the and, age or the, uh, <laughs> the now listen. I it's, already it's, reached the uh, age. The, uh, the, oh. the thing about and I've said this before. The thing about Al McCoy that's so stunning. It's not the 51 years behind the mic. That's stunning enough. Yes. But it's it, it, he is still so close to his prime at age night. What is he now? 89 89 Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. I mean the recall, I was impressed
1: with Jock Landale and his and his yeah. minutes against the Suns last year. Just
0: turn on the radio, I'll give you the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: excellent. Thanks again to Al. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, Cardinals getting ready for Thursday night football. They're not the only team trying to get right. So is their opponent, the New Orleans Saints. We'll tell you more about that next. It's Bickley Amarauda Mornings live from the Oak Community Studios on Arizona sports the local sports leader arizona sports the local sports
0: leader nickley and morata mornings
2: i don't think we've tackled particularly well in the game i think that's an area that we've got to improve on uh, it's going to be really important in this game this is a, a big space game that they play and our ability to tackle in space will be important in this game. Um, look, red zone's been an area that we've been really good at on both sides of the ball. Uh, we were not in this past game, so that's an area that we've got to we've got to be better. So those would be two. Primary areas that we've got to improve on.
1: That's Dennis Allen, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, on how they need to improve to beat the Arizona Cardinals. They are the opponent Thursday night football. Tomorrow night, State Farm Stadium in Glendale, as the Cardinals get their uh, their yearly crack at Thursday night football. And um, look, from from the Cardinals' standpoint, Big, yep. we're, we're looking at this as, again as an uh, with DeAndre Hopkins back, another opportunity to improve offensively, an opportunity that was missed last week, uh, maybe another get right game. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But I would be lying if I said the potential for this being an unmitigated football disaster on both sides is (laughs) it's there. Yeah. Thursday night football has been, well, gross this year. Right. And you got two struggling two and four teams with all kinds of issues, all kinds of injuries. Um we might be talking Friday morning about a real real ugly football game,
0: and again, but you just never know what you're going to get from the Cardinals. I thought that there was I thought they were going to get pounded into oblivion by the Eagles, and that didn't happen, and their defenses have been playing enough to keep them in games I think the I think the standards are going to be lowered i think I think the Cardinals they just need to find a way to get this victory to win this game, to kind of stay in the race, to calm the nerves to win at home, to end that streak. So I, I'm not sure style points are going to matter uh and on the flip side it it what what if the Cardinals are the rare team that actually comes out and f- finds something and looks good on Thursday night football now I, what are the odds of that not very high given what we've seen from this team lately but you know what the, the Saints defensively I don't know I don't know what to make of this team
1: No like I said they they've played in in some shootouts the last yeah. 3 weeks uh, they lost to Minnesota, twenty-eight twenty-five. They beat Seattle, thirty-nine thirty-two, and then they lost last week to Cincinnati, thirty to twenty-six. So they're they're in these games. Uh, they're giving up, you know, anywhere from three hundred and fifty to around four hundred yards a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you could throw all those numbers out the window. Yeah. The Cardinals' issues—they're not a hundred percent internal. But when you mix the internal with the mental, mm-hmm. oof, there's a lot going yeah. on there.
0: No, you're right. Uh, I think I think the Saints Saints have got a sneaky good pass rush. Cam Jordan, Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport. They're an underrated edge. That was a far Cam?
3: more popular name than I ever realized how until it, we started right? doing this. Right?
0: No, I. How about that? Right? Yeah. Pretty soon I'm gonna drop that on my son, Cam Bickley. Bickley. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they go is, by Cam. He does, yeah, yeah he does. Um, so, uh, so this is—I don't know what to, to make of this New Orleans team at all. And, and there's a lot of what are they going to bring offensively? Well, Andy Dalton doesn't scare you. We did that when he played for Dallas. There wasn't much quarterback there. Jameis Winston throws the ball all over the yard. He can be really good. He can be bad. Taysom Hill—he'll um, he'll certainly be part of the game plan. Is certainly running the football. Yeah. Um, but it—it's this has really got to be about the Cardinals just executing. And scoring touchdowns, you know? it'd be nice yeah we'll and a lot out. of
1: it falls on the shoulders of Kyler Murray who mm-hmm. uh, spoke to the media yesterday he talked about you know short week getting ready for Thursday night football it's always uh, it's
2: always kind of weird you know getting um, you get two days and then it feels like it feels like the game's already here like I mean it feels like we play tomorrow um, you know you usually get a week off you get to uh, prepare you get to you know uh, recover the body but you know with this, this short short week um, for me I look at it as a great opportunity I mean I, I love to play football um, and it's another opportunity to touch the field, especially after after an l you know um, get another opportunity
1: to go out there and compete and uh, get a win yeah, and then also uh, you know his thoughts after watching all the film from the Seattle game and what stood out
2: right, like i said I, th- I thought we moved the ball well um, Know, didn't feel didn't feel difficult as far as moving the ball. Just you know, when we get to a certain area of the field, um, we got to be better. Um, we we can't continue to make these mistakes, uh, self inflicted mistakes. Um, you get a third and one situation, you get a false start and stuff like that. You fumble the ball, um, you know,
1: stuff like that. Everybody makes mistakes, but we just we just all got to be better. Yeah, I mean, if there's one you. I think you really got to dig deep to find silver linings, bright spots from that game in Seattle. One of them was maybe this, you know, the Cardinals, and we get on them, and a lot of people get on them about the horizontal nature of, of their offense, and everything seems to be a wide receiver screen or to the side and trying to outrun defenders on the edge. The average distance of target for Kyler Murray was by far his highest of the year. Against Seattle, yeah, nine point four yards um, for the year. It's at seven point one yards, and, and he is
0: so. De- he, I think he's dead last in the NFL in, in yards per attempt. Yeah, yeah, in attempts downfield.
1: That's the good news. The bad news is, if you look at the spray chart from Kyler Murray, and I'm not making this up, he completed one pass that traveled more than five yards in the air to the right side of the field. Yeah. and that completion was six yards Oof. in the air
0: there uh th- this is one of the things that does worry you that there is no there is no exploiting that side of the field does Robbie Anderson help there <laughs>
1: you think know, the, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be on that left side is that all on Kyler though just not going through
3: his progressions not feeling comfortable looks to the left if it's not there
1: runs or yeah I mean does he start, starts does it he, off does he does he read uh you know left to right <laughs> Most people do. <laughs> but, That's true. Right? Reading Hebrew. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's but, true. Yeah. I mean, is it all on Kyler? No. Some of it is. Is it all on Cliff? No. Some of it is. I mean, Cliff is having DeAndre Hopkins or Hollywood Brown when he was in there. Line up
0: predominantly left. Yeah. Cliff has pretty much been uh coached in every game this year. Uh, you you might make an argument that the Seattle game was, and I'm sorry, the uh, the Vegas game might be a little bit different. You And certainly the Carolina game, I, I'm not even counting that because Matt Rule was about to get fired. But it, it's, it, it, that's, they need to be, they just need to, from top down, they need to just put something good on the field. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And it, it, it's it's quite a showcase. There's going to be a ton of pressure on this football team. I don't know what the crowd is going to be like if it's going to be, you know, Moderate, lukewarm, tepid. Well, I, I don't know. I don't I, think there's going to be a big
1: preponderance of Saints fans not. there. No, it's not. No. not necessarily a fan base that travels no. well here. Uday. Who day? Who day? Who dat? Yeah, who day is Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Yeah, who day
0: is Cincinnati? Yeah. Come on, Jarrett. Jeez, Jared. How About hoodie who? Ha <laughs> ha Birdman?
1: <laughs> Context your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620, 620 right now. Coming up next, we head into the 9 o'clock hour. Sarah will take us through some social studies on Twitter. That is up ahead. Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Octane Community Studios, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.